Hey guys, you're listening to Drunk and Uncultured. We are a drinking problem masquerading as a pop culture podcast. I'm Lindsay. I'm Stephanie. And we are here with one of our favorite guests. Um, all right, so we're going to go through this um, again. So you're, you're going to introduce yourself, your favorite beer, your favorite piece of pop culture, and a weird fact about yourself. And now you've had like two minutes to think of better answers. <laughs> A better answer. I was just going to go the same. That was no, great. you can go the same, but if you right, have better okay. answers. All right, all right, I'll try. Um, hello, everyone. My name is Jack McEwen. Uh, my favorite beer is Guinness. A bit of pop culture is Guinness is brewed in Ireland, in Dublin. I've been there. I've also got a little tap for the Guinness man. Uh, and a little bit of knowledge about me is that I emulate noises in a band called Psychedelic Porn Crumpets. Awesome. One of our favorite bands, too. Absolutely. Which is, uh, I think, something that people know about us. We which don't shut we... up about you guys. We don't. Really? Um, oh, there you go. Which is another reason that we asked to do another episode with you. No, that's just um, great. It's always good. So you have a new album coming out. So this episode is coming out on, what is that, Stephanie? November 6th? 6th, I believe, yeah. And you have an episode coming out November 10th. Um, so it's very exciting. We've gotten to have an early listen to it, and it's a very fun album. It's oh, so sweet. good. Oh, um, thank you very much. One of the things that we noticed about it is that the album artwork and direction is so distinct. <laughs> um, yeah. compare, not necessarily compared to the last ones, but like it's so like visceral and very like what we've come to know is the the pornies, as we like to say. <laughs> and we'll, we'll go into that in a little bit. Um, but can you tell us the inspiration behind this? Uh, yeah, I mean, the whole record sort of changed halfway once I realized what Fronzoli was. Like, it was a dictionary.com sort of find, and I was like, what is it? The unnecessary, unnecessary act of decoration. And so that photo that we ended up using was a photo of my wife's nan at our wedding, like, lighting a cigar. <laughs> That's and she's amazing! Sw- yeah, so she's, like, the sweetest lady, like... Uh, it is an honor to be married into her family. Like, but she is nothing like that image. And I was like begging, I was like, please, 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 can we use it? And she was like, all right, like, I'll, I'll, I'll let you do it. But she was lighting a cigar for someone else. And we were kind of joking that like, we should use it as the album cover. And I had all this artwork from other people and loads of artists had sort of been like, oh, can we do this? And I was such a safe bet. And I was like, oh, like, it's just going to be another one that you sort of have on the shelf. But I was like, if you have this image of like a nan smoking your cigar you're like what the fuck does that sound like it's gonna be it can be anything it's kind of a bit uh i don't know it, it just felt a bit left of field which i suppose the album was trying to take too so it kind of w- went well together it gelled in into this kind of punky world of i don't know mismatched fronzoli we should describe it so the unnecessary act of decoration and it tied in very very beautifully to the to the record I, I like it. I think it's our best album cover so far. It's a it's really one of my fun favorites. album cover. When you started releasing the artwork, I think the first thing I sent it to Stephanie, and the first thing I said was like, "It's giving like claymation." Do you guys have like Wallace and Gromit in? Yeah, Australia? yeah, yeah. I was like, "It's giving the, like what? Wallace and Gromit <laughs> claymation yeah, almost," yeah. but like yeah, in a yeah, yeah. in a really fun way. So I, I think that's super exciting. Oh, that that's all Ollie Jones. Yeah, his claymation is mad. I think that was like everyone it's one of those styles that you forget like forgot you loved, if that makes sense. It's all it's yeah. like just mm-hmm. so time consuming, but I think it's so enjoyable to see because you kind of forget that everything is a frame and then as it mm-hmm. moves into each other you're like, What the hell? Like as it comes together. So he's actually working on a bunch of music videos for us, but because he's sort of gone full ham this time, it's probably gonna be like four years before they come out, so <laughs> It's a, yeah, it's going to be a full Wallace and Gromit It takes movie. a little bit of time. It does. And he's there just twisting some fingernail and I don't know, he's doing whatever to it. So. <laughs> it's, um, it reminds me of, if you've ever seen Parks and Rec, but Ben Wyatt does this like claymation thing that he talks about, like it's months of work and it's like five <laughs> seconds. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Know? That's it. And it's like set to it's the, the R.E.M. R.E.M. song. <laughs> really? <laughs> Yeah, oh, I was, like, God. singing it today. I was, like, stand in the place where you live. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I t- it's it's so much work goes into that kind of, um, like, practical effect. 
Um, yeah. We actually, it's... Seth, we did an episode about, like, the um, killer clowns from outer space, which was, like, a lot of those practical effects that, like, that kind of claymation mm-hmm. takes so long. So I, I'm super excited to see, like, what kind of videos you do coming out of this album, especially because the music is so much fun. Oh, thank you. Yeah, no, I'm very excited to see what Ollie creates. We sort of just let him free now, rather than sort of try and give him a direction. It's just easier him being like, all right, you, you go to town. Else, I don't know, it, it would feel like he's working for someone else, rather than when it's your idea, you can spend all night doing it. Do you know what I mean? So sort of, it's better having that creative freedom. And he's brilliant at it. So go to town, Ollie, if this comes out before he's even started. <laughs> <laughs> What was the, the musical inspiration behind it? Because I feel like the sound is also super distinct. Yeah, there was definitely... A, I, I feel like I kind of thought a bit more on everything. Like, there's two sort of answers I've been given, but, like, one was just because I'm trying, trying to get better at what I'm doing. I don't know, like, I suppose, like, you never intend to be a, in a band or a musician. It's always, like, a stroke of luck and you're very fortunate that your hobby becomes a career choice. So it's not like something you practice from a young age. It's sort of like you learn to play an instrument, you learn to do this, but then writing songs is almost like, it's never second nature. It's like shit, like, oh, like we've kind of got good at it. People enjoy it. So, And then the more you think about that, the worse you get because you, you're aware of doing it, if that makes sense. So I was trying to write with that in mind, <laughs> almost like meditating, being like, oh, what's just coming out? What is just going to flow and I'm not, and what I find enjoyable rather than what other people find enjoyable. And so because we completely self-released this one and there is no label back in, it's like if it flops, the band flops. And I think that gave me some sort of like uh, comfortability where I felt really safe all of a sudden, where as before, it's like, oh, like, yeah, okay, like, your job is music and get paid for music, but then you kind of treat it like work where you kind of rock up and you're not really given almost that feeling you were for the first album because you're doing something to prove it to yourself, if that makes sense. So this time around, it was like, I was like, well, if I don't get this right, there's not going to be another album. I've got to really go in and write the best music that I feel like I can create um, and also put it together in a way that, is enjoyable still so i got rid of all the things that if it was like a nine out of ten it got scrapped and it was like it had to sort of be in my mind like fully all right that works that works i really enjoy it so let's put it on and i wasn't paying attention to i should have probably on some songs but like people were like that's shit i'm like that's shit because you don't like it but i love it like it's going in and then now like after like if i did the interviews for the album release like the week i finished the record i would Oh, I would be awful. I would just be like, I am the best. And then <laughs> that would be it. But now it's like, now I've sort of given it a couple of listens. Like, oh, I could change that. I could tweak this. I can get better. There's room for improvement. I always think that's the best thing. It's like you're always trying to improve upon something you've done before. But I think this one is the happiest I've been with a release. So I, I, I feel like we've, we can hopefully do another one. We've got to that point. I think that's really interesting. Cause, so I was just listening to it again um, for probably like the third time. Um, but the, one of the main things I, I was calling out cause Matt and I were listening to it just now and I, I was like, I feel like everything about this album is more confident than anything that you've done previously. Um, oh, true. and you seem more sure and clean. Um, so like the riffs are cleaner, but then also there's more confidence in your vocals, um, where you kind of give yourself like a moment to shine vocally where <laughs> I feel like in the past, like it's kind of been hidden between guitar riffs or distortion, um, which I was like, this is super interesting hearing, like, you know, there's there's bits of the songs where, like, you give yourself, you know, 10, 20 seconds yeah. to, to sing or, like, 10, 20 seconds to, to jam on the guitars. Um, and it, I thought it was super interesting to like, hear that and then also notice that there's a lot more confidence in your abilities and... Um, confidence in like the band the band that, yeah in this thank album. you thank you so much for saying that there it was funny though because i was like at the time i was like i can sing and then just like fully go to town <laughs> and try and because uh, a lot of people were before they were like what are you saying like your voice is just covered up in delay and reverb and like i can't understand what you're talking about so i was like purposely this time around i was like all right i'll clean it up we'll get everything there we'll make make it clean and then 
all the lyrics are just nonsense. <laughs> so it's almost like this thing where you're like, do you want to hear it? And then I was like, oh man, like this, uh, I came back from a tour, like, I was like, oh man, I'm hitting some notes here. Like, I'm on it. Like, Timberlake's going to hit me up for a feature. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. And then I kind of got back and gave it a listen after a, maybe this, this is only like a couple of days ago. I was just driving up to Rish's. He lives like 40 minutes out in the hills. Um, and I put it on and I kind of left purposely a lot of the, like, the, ah, ah, like all those kind of weird bits and pieces of the vocals were just like, oh, this is great. Like, I don't know, it's some sort of like, he's leaving all the shit notes in. And then I listened to it again. I was like, why did I leave all the shit notes in? I was like, what is that? <laughs> why? Like, it was, it was fine. I, I think I kind of just went on take and take and take and was like, well, that's correct. That's right. This is wrong. But then there was something I thought that when I was recording, it must have sounded better when it's like a little bit out. I don't know. But then, because if you auto-tune everything, it's like perfect music. You're just like, oh, like, it doesn't feel like it's created by a human. So. Mm-hmm. That's it. Or I'm just giving excuses of why I have a terrible voice. That's that, that's it. No, I think the there's two. something very, like, with auto-tune, because you can, like, detect the pitch and whatnot and just, like, set people to that. So I do think you're right where it kind of feels a little bit, like, animated almost, where you can yeah. just, like, adjust it to be so perfect. Yeah. And, and especially when you're – if the guitars or the drums and there's not much music going on and it is just voice, then you're just like, oh, why have you done that? Like, just sing. I bet you have a nice voice. So, yeah. But with this one, there is a lot more space. Oh, thank you very much, Lindsay. I'm glad you picked up on that. But um, I, Well, and I think <laughs> it's interesting, too, because in the last episode we did together, you talk about um, – I think it was Yellows that you're, you've worked on since then um, where you you said you had – and I think, I, I think this is the quote, but – um a proper singer (laughs) yeah 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 and it was and personally i i really enjoy when people are at their most vulnerable like i'm not a good singer by any means but like i love neutral milk hotel where like the singer is terrible but like it's very vulnerable to put yourself out there like that even if you think you're not great so like knowing that you felt that way that there was a proper singer in yellows but then putting yourself out there in this album to allow yourself that space to like sing without reverb or distortion, (laughs) I thought was like super, uh, it it was a very big growth for me in your album progression to see you have that confidence to be able to put yourself out there for that. Uh, Thanks. It's either, either a very awful decision, which is about to get slayed or like, yeah, like we're going somewhere here, but I know Anthony Fantana is just gonna be like, boring. (laughs) It's just gonna, yeah. No, I think he'll yeah. give it a strong nine. Yeah. <laughs> strong nine. Oh, strong 0. 0.9. Like, that's all yeah. Strong five. We'll get the same rating as yeah. Liquid 82. Oh, yeah. Savage. Um, no, so you were talking about how there's like no label this go around. You guys, I think, self-pressed the album, kind of did it all on yourselves. Can you kind of like talk about what that process was like in comparison to some of the previous albums a little bit? Yeah, like, so, I mean, there was definitely a point where if we were going to release music, then I think it should fully be off your own back. I don't know. It's like we live in a time where it's, you can just record it in a bedroom. That's what I'm doing. It's like just a home studio. And you have the ability to be able to just chuck it on Spotify or YouTube or whatever platform you want just for people to listen to. Um, and I think there's like that, there's a feeling of like mash mass-produced music where if a label gets involved and they go like all right we're gonna do 30,000 records it's gonna be every store in the world then it's like you're almost making it fast food like I think keeping it small quantities for people to enjoy and like making the records sell out because you're only doing as much as you can afford so it's like here's a thousand records we did it we everything made like we shipped them off yesterday from uh, Rich's house so we spent the whole day just like packaging things that was like cardboard sleeves I haven't even seen before. I was like, what is that? Like, how is that supposed to fold and be a mailer? But <laughs> it was like, we used to do it. And I think as soon as you got the label, then that whole side, they're like, yeah, but you'll have more time to make music. And then so I'd just sit here like that, like Narcos bloke, you know, and he's just sort of like <laughs> on the swing. Yeah, that's it. And then you become an alcoholic and don't know what to do. But like, and then you think your music's getting better. At least you're not. drinking seltzers so, now. So you're not like drinking yeah. bread. Yeah. That's it. There's no alcohol on a seltzer. That's what I tell myself. But like, yeah. Uh, nah, like, if you, it just feels like it's 
back to being your band. Like, I think that's the nice thing. Like, we're all so much more around each other as well on tour because it's like, all right, if we don't go out and say hello to people and we don't sort of put on a good show, like, no one's going to come back again. And it's like, you're only kicking yourself in the teeth. It's almost like you're, you're an angsty teenager annoyed at your parents when you have a label because you're just like, fuck you. Like, I don't know. Like, how dare you, mom? Like, it's, it's like... You forget they're working for you, but like it's someone to blame when things go wrong, where it's just stupid. Do you know what I mean? It's like, so you need to sort of, I kind of need to blame myself for something. So if it's like, if the music's bad, I'm blaming me. If it's not shipped right and it's bent, we're blamed, I'll blame me. So that way, if anything is there, you can, you can always land on your own feet. Like I think we, we back ourselves this time around. And I think the, the album is quite good. Like before I remember talking about Night Names, which... I, I like it, but I still feel like it was not as strong as some other records. So I was kind of doing interviews, sort of like feeling like, oh God, I've got to do the interview thing and this. Whereas now I'm just like, nah, I back it. Like I can talk about it openly and freely, which is really nice. So rather than trying to chew your own tongue for a, something different that you haven't thought of really, but you're just saying that's the reason why it is. So, so now it's nice being able to take the piss out of yourself because the music can speak for itself, if that makes sense. Well, if it yeah, makes so, you feel better, I loved Night Gnomes. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, so, it was all right. If there's not like a personalized note on the record I bought, then I can blame you. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, no, we'll do it. We're shipping everything out. I'll see. I'll see your name come up. <laughs> um, I think that's super interesting because it's it's really all about control, right? Like, so if you don't have control over it, you you can't blame yourself, and you, you don't. It it removes that that little bit of like your own responsibility yeah and and then you're obviously not putting in as much effort because someone else is it's like that um uh, i don't know if there's a hundred people making a chair it's like you always blame someone else along the production line mm-hmm. so it's like now there's literally one person in the production line so it, it just feels like you're overseeing everything and you're becoming that sort of creative director again rather than it's easy to say like oh like, okay like something's misspelled or this doesn't sound right and it's fine someone else will fix it until it sort of comes out and you're like oh god like who didn't fix that and and now it's like all right you have to oversee the whole shebang like it's there is it scary though because in the last episode we did together you talked about how like you could only go as far as the success of your last album so like the the last album pays for the new album and then vice versa so as long as you're releasing music it's paying for the next one is it scary then releasing or self-releasing self producing self pressing all of this stuff on your own knowing that it is it could be the last one if it's not successful enough if it's not just if it's not you know there no i i some for some reason i feel like more confident doing it ourselves than with a label it's like the if the label fails and you failed with the label then you're still contracted for like another two records so it's like oh fuck like i gotta do it again Imagine how soul-crushing that would be. Being like, no one's buying our music, no one's really listening to it, but we've got to write another two because we're contracted for it. And they're still paying you, even though you're not even, like, you feel defeated already. So it's sort of like, I think it would be, like, quite a humbling thing if you've eventually just got to the point where, like, all right, cool, like, it's finished. Everyone's, like, throwing apples at us now. Like, uh, yeah, we should probably think about a different career. But then you can sort of look back at it in a very confident way being like wow look what we did and also all the people you've met along the way i'm sure there's a bunch of career options for producing or maybe working or writing with other people or doing like i don't know some um we'll do a three-way podcast there you go i can do that from australia (laughs) just be waking up but do you know what i mean there's like i've met so many people that it doesn't feel like it was for nothing whereas i feel like if it was a label you'd be pretty defeated so and now i feel like all right I don't want it to fail, so I'm going to keep cracking at it. But it, it's on your, if you fail by yourself, I feel like that's a, a bit of a better like battle scar to have. Um, so changing tunes a little bit, you just completed yeah. a U.S. tour. Um, yeah. But it was kind of a, a different U.S. tour than you've done in, in the past, at least. Um, the concept was visiting cities that you've never been to. Yeah. What um, made you decide to do this, and and how did you enjoy it? I actually felt like that was the most enjoyable, like one of the most enjoyable tours, if not the most enjoyable tour, like we've done so far, because 
it was felt like being a brand new band and I, I even feel like now we're sort of become a new band it's like there's obviously changes in um throughout writing or some bands and they have dips and curves or whatever but like when it's sort of like feels like it's sort of beginning to go upwards again which is nice we're sort of like that that plane other or we're just always in limbo where the plane's about to take off and our feet are still on the floor we're like all oh, right okay like, but no nah, it was it was we went to your hometown florida like a bunch of <laughs> florida's pretty big <laughs> i liked it Tampa you guys did sick. quite a few shows in florida too it wasn't just yeah. like one yeah, I think we did three, and then we got on a boat with like animals as leaders and Coheed and Cambria and Mannequin Pussy. They were great. We hung out with oh, them. Oh, like, Mannequin the whole Pussy's time. so yeah, good. yeah, they were really nice. Um, I think, but it was just because we had to sort of be like, all right, let's sh- kind of show people who we are for the first time. It was like it's always easier being the support band than the headliner, if that makes sense. So when you're there's nothing to lose if uh, you're a a support band because no one's really there for you anyway but if you win people over it's positive so and it kind of was like if we're going into new cities and new um territories we haven't been before then it kind of felt like that even though there was obviously a lot of people that some had been to shows and they traveled and it was like all right cool like they sort of brought their friends from des moines or like ohio or where all these different places that we yeah. were. St. Louis Obispo. That was a that was a nice little town. We actually but looked at driving down to the St. Louis show. So really, makes, yeah, we did. Yeah. Yeah. We were um, trying to figure out like the easiest way, like the easiest place to go to, and I think like it was Columbus or St. Louis. Yeah. Well, shame on you for not coming. Like that's all. Well, I, I think say. you played like, St. Louis <laughs> on a Sunday or something, and we uh, I have to go into the office on Mondays, so ah uh, yeah yeah that's all that. I think it was such a big country. You forget when you drive, like, the whole day and you're still in the same state. Like, I found out that the hard way because I was like, all right, I'm buying a lottery ticket. I'm getting, like, that $1.5 or whatever it was. <laughs> I was like, yeah. We're... And then we're all like, oh, what are we going to do? And then none of us had a good idea. We're like, we'll buy a super yacht. And then I think it kind of got to it. And Rich was like, I'm going to buy some better microphones or I'm going to buy some, like, music gear. I was like... It's kind of nice, though, that if, even if you won the lottery, you'd still do the same thing. But I don't know. But maybe, also, maybe we... like, you guys are from Australia. That place is also huge. Like, getting between cities <laughs> oh. is a very long distance. You, like, getting between cities yeah. here is insane. And people don't realize the distance between cities. Like, I grew up in Detroit, and that's five hours from Chicago. That's a, you know, you're wasting half the day just in the car. And, yeah, like, getting a... between places anywhere else, like, people don't realize just how far away cities are. Yeah, that is a brisk walk for an Australian five hours. <laughs> well, there was a famous comedian that said, like, if, if you live in Australia, if you have enough MDMA, you're only a walk away from the beach. It's like, <laughs> like no matter where you are. Yeah. Um, I was in but... Denver, actually, I think, like, two days before you were, like, I, I left the day before you were in fort collins i think oh yeah that was Um, a great show and i was like how do i make this work (laughs) and then i looked up how far fort collins was from denver and was like oh no i can't do this." yeah even because you feel like you feel like all right we're in colorado now like it'll be fine and then obviously like get to denver you're like oh it's only like another three hours or something to fort collins yeah mad mad the size but it was great to see like i think yeah most of the shows were sold out, so in places we hadn't been, which we thought was insane. And then we were just doing the old Bedbug Central motels, kind of, <laughs> yeah, like cuddling up, being like, "Please don't get me tonight." But yeah, as long as we're in France, that like they have bedbugs there, I think, right now. Um, in France, mate, they're getting hounded. Aren't they, they are. Um, aren't you guys going on an EU tour soon? I'm pretty sure I took them over there, but I, we did like a. You no, took we did, the bad bugs. Yeah, we did. We did a. Uh, me, and, me and my wife did a. Uh, was it Bayou trip in New Orleans, and we were on the like the Bayou thing, and they showed us the alligators or whatever. And I don't know if this is true, but the guy said it, so I believe him. That those little moss that hangs down off the willow trees, you know, Spanish like moss. the. Yeah, the Creoles used to put that as pillows, like because they were like it's comfy. And apparently mm-hmm. that's where bed bugs come from. Like they were in that, and they used to take it back to France and sell it as like, uh, like uh, Louisiana and 
bed linen or whatever. And so that's, that's why everyone, like where bed bugs came from. I was like, man, that's such a good story. I want to believe it. Honestly, so, we'll like, just blame the South for everything. That's, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's the American way. <laughs> man, that's beautiful. Um, so I guess two questions going off of what you just said. Um, so the tour was all cities you've never been to. Do you have plans to come back to the U.S. and go to like the, the typical cities? Yeah. I like how you, the typical one. Yeah. That, <laughs> yeah. Come back to Chicago. <laughs> like, do you yes. want to come back and see us? Yeah. That would be no, great. One, yes. Now that I live in Chicago again, um, yeah. we can go see Lake Michigan and see what Sufjan Stevens sang about. Oh, man, let's do that. You could swim across it. That's big and cold. You can't I swim don't think it. he could. Yeah, I know. He was lying when he sang that song. But um, yeah, we are coming back in March, I think, or May. Are so we allowed like to say that? Soon. That's not announced. I, I just said it. Yeah, screw it. We said it. Yeah, it's out. <laughs> Is Murray We're doing it ourselves now. Uh, who cares? Shout out Murray. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Shout out to Murray. Thank you for everything. <laughs> yeah. Don't be mad that's at us. Don't don't be in Panama yelling at us. <laughs> in Panama, he sent me to Mexico actually to get my visa stamped. That was a bit of an ordeal. This was like so I didn't realize that you had to. On a, the visa we came into the country with, I had to get mine stamped because I came on holiday. But oh, what is that? Oh my god! Is your house about to burn Lindsay, down? Lindsay, what are you doing? <laughs> Why is that so loud? Uh, what I'm sorry. It's the up? fire alarm that we removed from the kitchen. But you have it hooked up to you <laughs> You just got it I'm sorry, you something? have a haunted like, fire alarm as many times as I've been to your apartment? The one that just goes off when it wants to. I'm so oh, sorry. Oh my god. It that's, just goes off when like, it wants to. And like it that, it's in the office. That's the drunken uncultured panic button. If I'm ever saying anything, <laughs> it's saying out of, fire out of script. and you're like, Oh my god, no, 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 just talking It'll about be it. like fire, carbon monoxide, and there's like nothing yeah. going on, and it's just like What was that? You're gonna die. Oh my god! Yeah, take that as a sound bite. That's I'm good. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I can't even remember what I was talking about. That um, thing sorry, you're talking about getting your timbers. knees stamped. Oh yeah, no, I just said I just had to walk into Mexico, but down in Tijuana, that was like uh, that was that was a good little trip. That was it. Um, so s- follow up question to the yep. previous two questions too is. You mentioned being in New Orleans and going on um, that, or I guess Louisiana. I'm not sure if you were in New Orleans. I can't remember exactly. Yeah, New Orleans. Sorry. New Orleans. Is, where's, New Orleans is Louisiana? It's, it's in Louisiana. Louisiana. Yeah. But yeah, you went yeah, to yeah. cities you've never been before, so I wasn't sure oh, if, it was, yeah. <laughs> um, if it was that one. So you mentioned going on that swamp tour. Um, one of the questions we have is you, you, you posted on Instagram that you tried fried gator. Did you really oh, try yeah. fried gator, and did you like it? I asked this as a Floridian that, like, grew up with alligators in my backyard and have eaten alligator tail yeah. number of times. You have? You're allowed? Am I allowed to say yes, or am I going to get, like... No, some... no, you're allowed to say yes. That's okay. a, yeah. th- these are yeah. the restaurants. Yeah, no, it's fucking delicious. They were, like, I think where we stayed in the French Quarter, like, every morning, we'd just wake up, like, severely hungover, and then there'd be some lady being like, fried alligator, po' boy, like... Hurricanes, and you'd just be like, "What's the other one?" Chargrilled oysters. I was like, "I'm gonna try the lot. Fuck it!" Like, so we just walk down, like for breakfast, and they just like this plate of food with jambalaya and all sorts. And then one of the things was fried alligator, but it tasted just like chicken. I had no idea. I was referred to it as like a muddy chicken. Like it's a little bit. It's like a cross between like a prawn and chicken. Yeah. Like shrimp and chicken. Like it's got that kind of like bite to it. Yeah. But like for such a terrifying animal, <laughs> I, I conquered that thing. Or someone else conquered it and fed it to me. But yeah. Has anyone taught you? So next time you come to the South, do you know how to escape an alligator? Fucking run? I don't know. <laughs> no, you can't run. Well, you're supposed you to run, run, but you can't run in a straight line. Um, so something that you grow up in the South knowing is, um, when you run from an alligator, you have to run in like a zigzag. So you have to like change directions because it can't follow. So in the future, if you come to the South, just know that if an alligator is chasing you, you got to like zigzag as you're running. And then isn't that also how you avoid getting shot by an arrow? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. On Apocalypto, he does that, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, but if you're in the water... You're just dead. If an alligator is chasing in the water, just know that 
you'll never survive. I reckon. I reckon you could. They're not too big. Like compared to crocodiles, that's like certain death. I reckon. Is it the same thing as well where their mouths like they can't actually open it? They've got the jaw capacity to slam it shut, but like you could put a, like a rubber band around their jaw and they can't open it. Correct. Yeah. So if like. So if one came swimming up to you, you could just sort of like hold onto it with like your pinky. Yeah, but they have like the barrel roll where like they can like roll in water and like rip limbs if they like get your, if they, even if they, like if you're holding their jaw, they can roll in the water and you'll like let go and they just grab. So if you're in the water, you're showing luck, but um, if you're on land, you run zigzag. If I find myself in a Louisiana bayou anytime soon, I will remember this. And <laughs> did you get never to? Go uh, and then you'll have to thank me for the future. I will. Saving your life by letting you When know. you were in New Orleans, <laughs> did you get to experience a backyard crawfish broil? <laughs> like No, that sounds amazing. Really? That's like a no, thing. Uh, if, if, well, crawfish season ends, what, like November, I think? I think so. I would have been there. Yeah, we were there like a couple, maybe um, a month ago. Yeah, I feel like everywhere I went when I was there for a wedding in March it was like crawfish boils on the street or like in a wow. Yeah, when we went down there time. for uh, Voodoo Fest a couple of years ago, which is Halloween. Which I mean, I guess they haven't had Voodoo Fest in a few years, but it was like Halloween weekend. You could just go to like bars and stuff, and people would be doing their little broil in the parking lot. That's She's saying the word boil, but it's boil. It is boil or broil? It's boil. Okay, so a crawfish I'm from the boil. north. I don't know. It's, it's yeah. boil. <laughs> They're boiling it in water. Oh. Um, but they, they it's it's very fun. It's a very southern thing. Um, they're very good. I, so if you ever... I just are, remember... If you find yourself back there... Yeah. And someone's selling you some crawfish oh. for 8 or $9, definitely pick it up. Yeah. I just was too full to even like try anything you just there was so much food i was like i can't like, i actually can't eat another thing but then all right next time i will save a belly for some, <laughs> some, some boil. honestly it's a good drunk food boil. too true um, i think i i had some while drinking beer um we were at like a beer garden or something and oh it was, it's the bayou it's a, beer garden yes <laughs> the place i sent you <laughs> um you it's go. a good like drinking food yeah oh perfect I will um, go there. I'll, I'll note it down. So going back to Franzoli, um, what song were you most excited <laughs> to? Sorry, hard cut there. <laughs> that was such a segue though. But we got we got fully down into crawfish boil in Louisiana. Hard cut. But, um, yeah, <laughs> big big cut. <laughs> things are calling me out. <laughs> um, what song have you been most excited for people to hear and to play live? Um, I think there's a couple. Obviously. Captain Gravity Mouse, welcome. I love that tune. I think um, either Pillhouse, that sort of like ending kind of second last track, and the last one, that something a bit different. One of them is like Hell Musy, another one's like kind of like a nice semi weird love song. But like, uh, and then I think Mr. and Mrs. Misanthrope, uh, the ending of that, I was like, oh, there was like two or three songs where I was trying to take it, and then they didn't work, and I sort of sandwiched them together. So it was like, just enough for you to get like a bit of a tingle in the back of the neck but it sort of ends well and i think sierra nevada as well because it's actually like the most truthful lyrics i've wrote in a while it's just so so on the nose it's like there it is like we drove to the sierra nevada mountains but they don't look like the sierra nevada mountains that's literally the whole song that's it they're not as pretty they're not as pretty as the bottle i can show you it's just there i could get it there the big can the big can the 16 20 20 ounce now this thing's fucking huge. <laughs> All right, one minute, one second. It's coming down. Oh no, I glued it. Maybe it's easy. <laughs> oh, that is big. Oh shit! Is that a tin oh, you got the big, big tin tacker. Yeah, yeah. So that's the, the the whole song. The whole song is literally every time I write in my studio, I stare at that. So I was like, oh. Let's give it a just give it a song. Um, the Sierra Nevada Pale Ale is actually like a super good beer, and I drink it all the time. So yeah, when I delicious. saw that song show up on the track listing, I was gonna be like, "Oh, you a big Sierra yeah. Nevada guy?" <laughs> there you go. I did. I nicked it from the local pub, and then they, um, I think they were like, "Where's our Sierra Nevada can?" I was like, "Oh, like, yeah, you're coming." It's gone now. 
Yeah, I'm, we should I, look out for that. I don't. Look out for I've that never guy. seen one before. You should uh, keep your eyes peeled. Yeah, um, I know. It's good. So speaking of the track list, I feel like this is the most chaotic track list you've had um, in all your albums. Where like the <laughs> song names are wild, wise. the song titles are wild, the way that they're spelled is wild. Where did that come from? Or are you just kind of like letting loose, showing us what's going on in your brain? Like, where, where did that come from? Yeah, I, I think it's a bit of like, a, I, I never like calling a song a normal name because it's like everything needs to be unique. It's like, I kind of like the way that uh, an album or a movie, if it's called like Life or if it's called something you're like, well, that's not giving me anything. But like, if it was that, was that new Nick Cage one where it was like the importance of being Nick Cage and all blah blah blah? And I was like, I'm fucking oh, watching that. Like, the, that was uh, sick. Uh, like, the unbearable, unbearable weight of weight, massive yeah. talent. That movie's yeah, fantastic. Like, what a name! Like, and obviously, I'm a Bird big Man Nick and, Cage and fan. Then, so yeah, there you go. Birdman was another one. Was it Elizandra Mutu where he kind of did that whole thing with Birdman and it's got the whole mm-hmm. like, something else? I was like, all right, I kind of dig that. I think that's you're you're giving more away in the title, but it's also more to understand so i don't know i feel like if an artist when they paint something they're like it's called god and it's just a dot you're like well why sometimes or if it was the opposite if the t- title was really long and it was just minuscule then that's kind of funny but when it's like you spend so much time writing music and then you give it some sort of b-listed name it's like well then it shows the listener that you haven't really put as much thought into it as you think you have so i don't know i kind of like giving it something a bit unique also when you type it in google that's gonna be like the first search <laughs> right. we love a good optimized google search <laughs> I, right. I think that they're fine so that was like i think one of the first things i noticed was like the, all the the song titles are really fun um and they're they're super easy to figure out like you know like newtmare killing uh, is it mouse? Nightmare killing. Meow, yeah, meow. Meow. That's the cat. Uh, yeah. And it's just like there's so many like, parentheses and like at, like <laughs> it's it's super fun and it's it's very distinctive and I think that's really fun. The other thing I noticed is your social media voice has changed, so it's it's just that's as chaotic. Media. And the question I have behind that is: in the last episode, you talked about how you're not allowed. You you've pulled yourself away from. Or at the time, you had pulled yourself away from. Do you get anything social media related because you accidentally leaked the album? Yeah, I did. I was banned. Yeah. <laughs> um, but with this super chaotic voice that's on your social media, have you allowed yourself to be back on it? Or yeah. is that all Murray? <laughs> no, I had to the, give the fans what they want. Like Murray was, yeah. <laughs> no, I think Murray was like, no one's fucking liking anything. I was like, because you sound like a dweeb, man. Like, I was reading some of our posts. Like, oh, band goes to new york i was like fuck off mate like all right give me it here i was like so i got the password back i was like all right like let's yeah let's 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 give some spice to this puppy like let's get in there so yeah hopefully it's working it's every now and again it's sort of when i'm feeling fruity otherwise he'll just sort of spam everything which is also annoying he's like we've got to post every day i'm like nah like just do one good one every week it's fine we say that but we love murray He's all right. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's funny because you, you. I feel like on this album cycle, like you kind of just inched back in, and I've been like, "That's a jack post. That's a jack post. That's, That's a jack post." That's it. Every I'm time I'll be like, "This is Steffi. This is a jack post." It, she'll just send it to like me him. and she'll be like i think jack wrote this <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 oh that's good that's good i've got a voice yeah. <laughs> so going back to tour or i guess this question is semi-tour related but you got married earlier this year so congratulations um that's Thank super you. exciting you um you were talking to me about it last year and being really excited about being engaged and for your wedding so awesome and super excited for you um but your wife came on tour with you and got to see America and you guys went to Yosemite and the different sites. How was that? Unbelievable. Yeah, I think that was the first time I was like, all right, we need to do this properly, like as in tour. Because if you can get like a little holiday out of it, like it's like not many jobs kind of that you get that bit of time off as well. So um, she came, we did New York. I like I am. 100% moving to New York if I can but then I'm I, will, I can probably afford to live there for like four days and then I'll be like just be like 
like finding panning for diamonds on the sidewalk like that other guy who lives there but just kind of chicago it's like the cheaper new york i was gonna say that's why i live in chicago i can't afford to live in new york yeah i suppose it is expensive yeah new orleans obviously yosemite was amazing i got vertigo like because we climbed this mountain it was like that glacier point one I don't say climb it. We fucking drove it. We were lazy as shit. <laughs> like, that's the whole thing. Like, a, an American national park is so different to an Australian national park. You go to a national park in Australia, it's like you're in the middle of nowhere. You can't hear anything. You're sort of like, oh, wilderness. And in the American national parks, there's literally a traffic jam. You're just like, what the fuck? Like, there's El Cap and I'm in traffic? Like, it's, it was weird. But then we got, like, when we got to the top, it was amazing. And I sort of, we did a bit of a hike. And I peered over the edge and I was like, oh, my body just sort of froze, fully got like stuck and sort of had to like really rip my arms <laughs> off the side of the mountain and sort of just walk down. Uh, and then we sort of got back into, the, do you know Mariposa, that like little lodge that's sort of near Yosemite? It's like mm-hmm. this real cool little town. Yeah, we went to that pub there. It's got all the dollars around it and whatever. Um, and all of a sudden, like the walls sort of started coming into me and i was like man he fucking spiked me like you've done something like what's going on yeah and it was like oh, i think you've got like vertigo and i was like sort of my head just spinning i was like all right like only one fix for this that so, yeah we just stayed there for as long as we could till it went but it was it was good but like yeah great i think there's a i think she found it hard when we actually started doing all the drives and she only came for the first week so we did two weeks of holiday a week where kelsey was there with us and I felt really bad because it's obviously like you kind of like are you sure you want to do that. And she came to Europe for a bit. She's like, yeah, like let's let, let's give it a crack. And then it's like eight hour drives on a show day, and then you're eating like fucking hummus and whatever's like in the green room, like grapes and shit. Uh, and that's it. And I think she was just like, I'm starving. Let's go out for dinner. I was like, I can't. I got like no time to do anything. And then afterwards, you're packing down. I think the only time you sort of get off is when you're back at the hotel between like. 12 and 1 and then you've got to be up at 7 because you've got to drive so you have like maybe half an hour off where you're actually with each other so it's difficult when you take your partner on tour but it's definitely worth it because that half an hour I'm on the phone to her anyway so it's selfish I was like she could be at home drinking at the pub but instead she's hanging out with me so yeah I win I get the better deal but it also kind of gives you that understanding of like your partner's life and you know, I feel like if it were me, I'd be like, you're just enjoying being like on vacation the whole time. But like, they kind of see like, yeah. you know, what the actual like living every day is like. It, it's weird one. I know there was that Al Jorgensen who had that great interview where they were like talking about how touring was. He's like, it fucking sucks. And he's like, <laughs> if you want to be a lead singer in a band, it's like, nah, like change kids, like stay in school. It was hilarious. And then. But I was like, oh, that's kind of funny. I remember watching that like five years ago. Be like, I need to do it, I need to do it, I need to do it. And then sort of do it. You wouldn't swap it for anything because it's still great. It's still amazing. But it's like you love to complain about it when you're doing it, when, especially those drives. Because you almost like if you're just bouncing around. I just found it way easier driving. I was like, I, like whenever I could, I would just drive, just crank some tunes and then look at the old open road. Utah is amazing to drive through. I like Utah that. Is oh, fun it's to beautiful drive to drive through. Yeah. Matt yeah, and I that was good. drove from California back to Chicago, and I had done the drive from Chicago to California when we moved out there. Utah's super fun because it's also, like, flat for, like, the end of it, and it's, like, there's no cops. So you're just going, like, super fast, <laughs> yeah. straight down, like, the Salt Lake, and you're like, yeah. I can go. I, I can take this baby to 100. <laughs> <laughs> it is weird. I, that's what I was like. You always look down, like, because in Australia, it's, like, it's kind of like a nanny country where you like everything is rule regulated if you go over like we got like 110 kilometers is like the max on outside of the city so it's 100 which is about 60 miles an hour and that is like the regulated speed so limit slow. everywhere that's I know. really slow yeah so you if you go over 60 miles an hour like you were like getting fined you're like you're going to prison like it's like so you're sort of just like oh i mean when i've come back and i'm driving my car which is a bit smaller than a van I'm just like come on baby like, I'm just like and then I'm like I get to 60 get to 60 and I'm like oh alright okay like, that's it but for that like yeah split 5 seconds it takes for my car to go from 0 to 60 it's like it's, it's fun man I swear there were cars like so I drove Lindsay and I back from this beer event earlier this evening and like people are trying to go like 80 in chicago traffic and i was like Lindsay, am i crazy or are these cars like 
coming up on you out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's terrifying. Happened. We had, uh, it's pretty funny. I didn't, I wasn't there for it. And I don't think it's that funny, but I thought it's funny. Uh, Chris got hit by a car like the first day. Like, like in, the, someone, in the van or like in, the, in personally? In, in, the, in the knee. Like he was like, there was like that. Boys had arrived in San Fran and we had a gig in Santa Cruz. So they had the day off and they went and walked around and they were like, some car like reversed into Chris's knee and he's like fully, like he's like had a bit of a limp for a while. And I was like, oh man, that's like really funny. But it's obviously, uh, it's, it's, I don't know. I suppose in America you have those signs everywhere on the highway, don't you? Where it's just like lawyer, like if you had been in an accident, and I was like, man, you should, you should hit someone up. Yeah, like, he could have seen really someone. Get... We always, I always, yeah. t- I always joke that like when I'm crossing the street and Matt's like, Lindsay, you gotta like pay attention. And I'm like, hit me. I'll take the loan. Yeah, that's suit. it. I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take Jokes the insurance them. money. Yeah. Lindsay, what's that car company that did the automated rides? Waymo. 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 I was gonna say, did they get hit by a Waymo? Because that would have been in San Francisco. There are these like self-driving cars that have like a giant camera on the top, and when you get in, there's no one driving it. It's just like driving itself. Uh, No, I wouldn't do that. No, it's it's it was terrifying. Like there was, um, they always went down our street because it was like San Francisco was a trial run because one of like the harder cities to drive in, and like the first time like Matt and I were like drunk (laughs) getting out of an Uber, and we're like what the fuck is this? There's nobody in this yeah. car. And we're like next to it, like staring at it. And the car is not moving because it's not supposed to. If people are near it. And we're just like, there's nobody in here. What's going nah, on? That's not allowed. Surely that's not allowed. I can't Apparently believe it, it though. Like, how does that get regulated? There are so many weird things you can't do in America, but like a self-driving <laughs> car is fine. Yeah, San apparently. Francisco is a different ball game. Yeah, it's a yeah. it's a whole thing. and people there can't drive, so I think that's why there's like the the trial there it's for it to learn. So I'm it not I'm not prob- surprised that one of the guys got backed it's into. It's true though. If actually if everyone had a self driving car, that would be safer. But then it's just like it's obviously just we're gonna get rid of those hoons that try and do eighty in Chicago. That's what we gotta do. Take um, them out the cars. So I feel like the last couple questions that we have are like more fun related. Um, the first one I have is we've seen videos of your mosh pit and like similar style bands. So like King Gizzard has a style mosh pit as well that we've seen. But can you explain to us the rowboat mosh pit that happens? Yeah, we've like, seen we've videos of that seen and we have no idea what that is. But I've seen it in like various bands touring Europe. And yeah. other countries besides the states, they do like the robo mosh pit, and I have no idea yeah. what that means. It became a thing. We actually asked someone about this. This was in. It's like a Netherlands thing. So I think oh, it was like. Oh, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, um, they. I think they were like it's some sort of Viking like robo like, <laughs> and so if if the they like the music, they'll all sort of go in the mosh pit <laughs> and then they'll row. But for like, it's such a weird experience from being on stage. It's just like, why the why is there no one in the crowd anymore? Because you can only see like the top three people in front, and you're like, oh my god, they've left. Everyone's gone home. And then you like see videos later that they're all rowing, and it's like it's strange. I kind of dig it though. It's like it's, oh, we think it's it's whatever. super fun, but we're just like, what the yeah. hell's happening? That's very much yeah. not an American thing. So we were very confused. No. Oh, I don't think I've ever seen it on Australia. It's definitely yeah, a European thing. Um, second fun question: You went to Waffle House while you were in Alabama, and that's like a staple <laughs> of the South. I love Waffle. That's House. a staple yeah. of yeah, just America. Um, they don't Waffle have House. them up in the Midwest. I will say. I've been to Waffle House. My family's from Alabama. Okay, well, that's not in the <laughs> South. How dare you? That was so that's the so South. Um, They don't have them in the Midwest, and I feel like every time I go to the South, I'm like, Waffle House now. Um, what did yeah. you order at Waffle House? Do you remember? Wait. Uh, yeah, Nolan Potter actually told us to go there. He was like, you got to go Waffle House, and we thought he was joking. So, And it was like the only thing that was open. And so I think we got the... Obviously had to try the waffle and then the hash brown thing. I think I got a burger. But we were like, because I was laughing with Rich because he was like, man, everything is fresh in America. Like, it's fresh food. And I was like, oh, I don't know, man. We're in a waffle house. Like, and then so we asked it's the lady. We were like, 
We were like, how do you make these fresh hash browns? <laughs> They're not and fresh. And she came out with no joke a fucking carton of like potato. <laughs> like, yeah. and I was like, that's not fresh, Rich. He's like, that's fresh potato in a carton. I was like, that's oh, okay. Well, whatever. Your idea of fresh I mean, is it's different. Fr- to it's mine. probably like flash frozen, so it's like fresh and then grated and then frozen. But it's um, not like I worked. For, I used to work it. for a company that made like fast food potatoes and so they like farm the potatoes cut them down and then they freeze them and then they like so they're like they're like technically fresh because yeah they were fresh at one point yeah Yeah, they were fresh (laughs) at some point point. that's it that's the terminology (laughs) if it was fresh at some point it's still fresh like sure that counts i'll I'll pay that i'll pay that last (laughs) um fun question is can you tell us about the turtle that you had the turtle. Um, I have a lot um, of questions about the turtle. He's here. He's Rodney. He's right here. <laughs> oh, it's not a real turtle. Yeah. Oh, I thought yeah, it he's was real. Cool. Yeah, we just stuffed him and like. Wait, no, nah, it's not real. No. <laughs> so I thought that was a real turtle when I saw it. No, so that we actually they did in um, oh, where was this in Atlanta in Georgia and we did a gig there and he went missing and so we were like someone stole our turtle and. Uh, the, they called the police, the venue, and we had to do a police description because they thought it was real. And we were like, oh, man, we're in, we're in trouble here. <laughs> like, so we kind of like, fuck it, we'll just go along with it. So we told him it's like a real turtle, and they put in a full investigation and found the guy. And so he sent it to San Diego. He knew it wasn't real, but he sent it to San Diego. But we found him in a, it was in a petrol station in, um, in Germany, and he was had his friend... Uh, here you go. The Aardvark as well. So we had Rodney and the Aardvark. <laughs> and like, they came. Our, we just got a new sound engineer, Phil, who was like, he's hilarious. He's this Geordie bloke. And he would literally wake up and instead of having like a coffee, he'd drink dragon soup. Have you ever heard of dragon soup? No. It is like, it is like just a, like Red Bull, but alcoholic Red Bull. <laughs> and so. Oh, so in the States, we call it a Four Loco? A four loco. Okay, so he would have that for breakfast. That was like his literally Good like wake him. up juice. And so he'd be sitting in the van, and he'd be like, "Do you know what I think, boys? It's like I think we get Rodney to sing the intro song. <laughs> like, that's fucking brilliant." <laughs> and it's just stuck, and it has been hilarious when we put a mic down and get a big spotlight. <laughs> and there's like this tiny little. He's a tortoise, but we call him a turtle as well. But like I don't know, Rodney. <laughs> Like, yeah, he adds he adds a bit of show. And this time around, so we, he used to come on. He was Rodney Pavarotti because he sang the Pavarotti track. But we came on with a bit of Edith, P, uh, Edith Piaf for the last track. That, no rain, you know that mm. one? Like, no rain or whatever. So that's what Rodney's song was. That's and super fun. I don't know, he seems, to, he seems to be a hit. So we'll keep doing it until it's not funny. We're We're very big into the jokes that we think are funny and taking them too far so i don't think it'll ever not be funny to us at least that will find it funny you just keep that joke running as long as you can until you think it's not funny and then it's funny again yeah (laughs) well it'd be good if we could put some sort of like uh speaker coming out of him so he actually does have some sort of input in the band because that'd be good Um, he's got a mic you can get super glue yeah we'll put a big speaker on his show yeah that'd be really cool <laughs> or just yeah. put him on top of the speaker that would be good that would be good but that's what we do in the first place i think he needs to sort of have some sort of musical ability and then be <laughs> give good. him like a little tiny like violin <laughs> yeah the give him like a little violin. small like <laughs> instrument <laughs> um so the last thing i want to tell you about is um i mentioned earlier like in the very beginning of this episode the fact that Steph and I refer to you now as the pornies. Yeah, yeah, that's insane, <laughs> the pornies. And, like, so when we were emailing about you or, like, when we text about you guys, we say the pornies. And this is all specifically based off of uh, an encounter I had when uh, Matt and I came to see you in Denver in 21? 20... 22. 22. That was last year. No, it was 22. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we met this Australian guy that was like fawning over Acid Dad, who was opening for you. He was just like, like talking to uh, Vaughn and like chatting his ear off. And then he was like, "Oh, the pornies!" <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. I just like heard a little like snippet of the conversation where he said the pornies. 
And I immediately texted Stephanie. I was like, this guy just said in an Australian accent, the Pawnees. And now what we say to each other is the Pawnees, but like... In, in a very bad in Australian accent. In a very, very accent. bad yeah. Australian accent. I, I like that. We'll keep it. We'll keep it. So, um, it yeah, if you ever want to have like your fan base called something, <laughs> call them the Pawnees. All right. We've termed it. That's it. We have from now on being called the Pawnees. <laughs> so just to give you that that little bit of what we call you. <laughs> that <laughs> yeah, explanation like at least. <laughs> I like it. Or we could do like what the OCs do and they always change the name every record. So we could do the next release as Pawnees. We talk about that all the time. Yeah. It's so hard. what to call them. We listen to a lot of the OCs and it's, um, it's super hard to find their music sometimes. Yeah. Just Because the name has we'll changed. Just just Steph, do you want to... Every three albums. Do you want to talk yeah. about... Do you want to tell Jack about the time that you and Matt made the record skip <laughs> oh yeah so the new oc's album came out earlier this year and we were me Lindsay, her partner matt and one of our friends were out at the bar and we turned the album on and we just met on I vinyl decided, specifically yeah it was, we turned the record it on came in that and day. we just we decided to jump up and down listening oh, to man. the music and it just kept skipping and we were like, oh, we may have ruined this record. <laughs> oh, no. They were literally like, jumping up and down going like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Matt and I get a little chaotic that. together sometimes. Just yeah, to them. that's Matt. That's a good idea. Maybe you could actually work out a way where it could skip perfectly and it's meant to jump. That would be quite good. We can try that for your album when it yeah. comes <laughs> Yeah, do it. We'll test it out. Like everyone just be We'll, we'll probably end up doing the same thing, honestly. Like, we'll come right. home, put on the record, Steph will grab a beer, and then, like, walk into the room just jumping up and down. <laughs> we'll oh. try it out. We could try it out here, too, on my record player and see how it works. You have a nicer one. So it might, it might it, not skip. It probably won't skip. <laughs> um... Steph, did you have any last minute, last questions? I, I know we went through the list and we've I mean, a I think my big question has been, so, like, obviously you guys got a little bit, de- like, delayed on your tour last year since we talked last. So how has touring in general been? I mean, we kind of talked about how you guys have been touring a little bit in Australia. How has your experience yeah. been touring, you know, kind of in this post-E sort of pandemic world, Ben? It feels way better. Like, I think because everyone knows, uh, I don't know what life was like when you were locked down. And, like, pre-lockdown, it was just, like, free-for-all. Do you know what I mean? There was sort mm-hmm. of, like, no rules to the world. It's We are going to look back at that as being, like, the height of ignorant sort of living. And then afterwards, it's sort of like, oh, shit. Like, okay, like, now probably should look after ourselves a bit more. Um, and so when we go on stage, it's like, we don't even drink before going on now. It's like, all right, we need to afterwards have a beer, do whatever, but it's like definitely the gig comes first. So I think we've treated it more like an actual, uh, not job cause it's not job, but it's like more like a, a, uh, a means to what's the best we can play and how do we do it? And if that's sober, then it's sober. So we, we do that and we wake up, we share the drive in. It just feels like such a more of like a there's a better camaraderie between us all because we're all on the same boat so it's like we're all trying to make it together which feels i don't know it's like it's becoming more enjoyable and we'll go out we'll have food we'll do bits and pieces like if we do have a bit of time off like yeah first thing is like just eat as much food as possible that seems to be the protocol so Waffle House, that's the that's where we're going. <laughs> well, I, I even remember last year, like when you guys were coming to Chicago, your van broke down, and then I remember you were yeah, super sick because you and I were trying to connect, and then you were like, yeah. "I'm so sick, uh, <laughs> like we're gonna see fucked. how this show goes." Because yeah. you guys ended up doing two shows like back to back in Chicago just because of the yeah. tour schedule. I remember being downstairs in the... Was that the empty bottle? It was the empty was bottle, like, yeah. Yeah, and I had my, like... I had a towel over my head with a kettle just on the whole time. Like, lemons under up my nose. Just like, <laughs> oh, like, Just like, help. Like, yeah, and I think... But this time around, no one got sick. I think it's just purely... We just learned, like, all right, we need to look after ourselves and to make sure that if, if we're going to do it and going to play a show each night. Because I think we had... I think we did, like... 
13 shows with two days off oh the, my gosh the that's so and then many after, yeah and then after that it was like the same i think we had like four but they're not days off they're drive days so you're right. still in the van so we actually didn't have a full day until we got onto the cruise boat and then we had like a day off in the dominican republic which was mental like that was fun but um like yeah and then i think after that, once you know your job's done, it's like, all right, I can go back to being a human or being yourself. But it's very much like switch on, switch off kind of thing, which oh, yeah. I like being back home. Being back home now, it's like, all right, like, it's like you're two people. It's like you don't actually know which world you're living in because when you're on tour, it's like, all right, like, uh, you try and be yourself, but you can't. If you try and be like, all right, I need a bit of my time to be me, it's like you've had it, you're gone. Like, you're, you're not going to get it. So you just sort of go, all right, like, I'll do it when I'm back. And I think it's nice, like, when... When I was young or when we were, I'm still, I don't know. Not, when I was a young boy, no, but like when <laughs> I was like, when we were young in the band, you think that every day is like really important and it is really important, but you never look at the future. And I think now like two months doesn't feel as much as it did when I was 18 as a patch of time to be like, all right, cool, go do this. And you, you'll have six months off. I'd be one of those people now where it's like, if, I'm going to bring it back to the lottery. But you know, when they're like, you can have this amount now if you win it. Like, I would have always been like, give me it now, give me it now. But I'd be like, well, you have to get more money if you wait. Like, I'd probably be that person now. You talked about the cruise that you um, supported for Coheed. How was that? Like, it, it's it's a very different thing that you've done in the past. How did you enjoy, or did you yeah. enjoy the difference in it? And, and how was it different than the regular touring? I It was like, you couldn't really prepare yourself for it. I think that was one thing. It was like, you just kind of like, You've, we've all been to festivals. I feel like a cruise boat festival is a festival that people don't want to shit in a portaloo and sleep in a tent. It's like they like have a bed and a buffet of food for whatever, like for four days. Um, but as the band, it was like, instead of, we went from obviously driving eight hours and doing shows and then all of a sudden you were like, what do you mean my bed's like downstairs? Like I can have this time. But there was no, we didn't really get Wi-Fi. So you kind of just had to, indulge yourself in everyone else's activities as well so it was like every it was really nice though because you just meet a bunch of people who knew the band and then you'd hang out you couldn't really get away from it so it was like permanently being at a show for four days uh but like if you try to fight it you would die you would literally be like nah like i can't do it so you're just like all right i'm just not in character but you're just like always sort of being band band people rather than if you were like i kind of want to go play switch off for a minute it was like impossible you couldn't do it so you just i mean i spent a lot of time at the casino that was pretty <laughs> funny because it's like international waters so they were like and we just became really good friends with the crew uh because they were like they've been on the ship for like months right and they were like fully pirates like proper pirates they were just like ah oh, we have we have like got sea legs now like, fuck, all right. and they were sort of showing us the ropes um and then we found there was one spot and we found it on like the fourth day where it was like right at the back of the boat. There was like this little bit of like uh, almost like balcony where you could look over and see the water. And so we like sat down there and was like, oh my God. And you just, I, I think we just sat and watched the water for like two hours and then realized we we're insanely sunburnt and then <laughs> went back. So. But it was good. I would do it. I wouldn't, I don't think I would pay for it, but I would do it again playing if that makes sense. So it's kind of one of those things. I've never been on a cruise boat, so I think it would be, be different. So you're telling me the Creed cruise next year is not oh a good value. <laughs> oh, not if you're Creed a doing a cru- it. But if you're seeing that, Scott, stop. <laughs> that is mad. A Creed cruise. Yeah, no, I'm, I'll stay away from that one. <laughs> Unless we get an offer, then I'll jump on. I wanted to do all the cruises afterwards, but, but yeah. Awesome. Okay, so just before we go, um, I think the last thing to just reiterate is the album comes out um, November 10th. Franzoli, um, very excited. It's very fine. So check it out if you have Spotify or want to purchase um, or really any streaming device. Do you have any music videos coming? You mentioned that it might be a little yeah, while. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, we'll, we have about four coming out with Ollie Jones. So they will be hopefully soon or whenever his fingers stop yeah his, his fingers are his fingers are bleeding well. too <laughs> yeah, yeah that's it yeah um, so cool they will be soon and then um 
I, I don't remember if you have any tours announced. I know you just completed the U.S. one. You guys are going to the U.K. to Europe in yeah. the winter. It will be Feb March, and I'm pretty sure then we go to America straight afterwards. So it'll be like April May. Okay, so um, U.S. and EU U.K. tour in 2024. That's the one. We'll be back. Awesome. We're we'll see you then. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much for having me on. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you both. Thank you, Jack. We always appreciate when you come join us for our it's always fun. chaos and nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> Let's, and then when we're in Chicago, we'll have a beer. Yes. We'll of be course. able to do it all right. in the same place. Together. Yeah, we'll be all be together. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's, that's not happened before. That'd be great.